0: Acts chapter 4, if I was going to give this sermon a title, now don't worry, I'm not going to preach for another 30 minutes, so just relax, all right, but get ready because we're going to go fast. If I was going to give this sermon a title, it would be called The Bold and the Beautiful. The Bold and the Beautiful, and you'll figure out why as we get closer to the end. So so we're in Acts chapter 4, we've been going through the book of Acts. Uh, Last week we saw this man that was healed, and all the things that happened as a result of that, the repentance that was preached in the name of Jesus And it says that God raised up his servant, that's Jesus, sent him first to you, to the Jewish people, to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. And in Acts chapter 4, it says, While they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple police and the Sadducees confronted them. They said they confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, so they seized them, took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men, the number of people, came to about five thousand. So there was already this great revival that happened after the after Pentecost. Uh, the Holy Spirit came; many people came to put their faith in Jesus. But many of those who heard this message believed. I think it's interesting to note that not all of the people believed. All the people that we come in contact, even maybe somebody in this room right now, still hasn't chose to believe in the name of Jesus. We would like to believe and like to think that, that you would eventually, that all people would be saved. All people that come into our presence would hear the gospel and they would put their faith and trust in Jesus. We hope that that will be the case. I always wonder, though, how do they keep track Like they didn't have an attendance system back then. Did they have some guy at the door with a little clicker? And he was clicking, all right, man, we're up to 4,000. This thing only goes up to 5,000. What are we going to do after that? We'll get another one. We'll start clicking on the other hand. How did they keep track? I don't know, but they know at some point they were around 5,000 people had put their faith and trust in this Jesus, in this newfound faith that was making it was sweeping across this community. And obviously we know it swept all the way To Justin at some point in his life, through his friend, through other experiences, uh, Justin heard about this Jesus. It says, Peter and John faced the Jewish leadership. So the next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, all right, real quick. So we know that if you are a follower of Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Okay, so, so it wasn't that Peter just then got the Holy Spirit. He already had the Holy Spirit, but he was filled with, he was enabled to speak this word to them. And I want you to understand this, that if you are a believer in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But there are times when the Holy Spirit will fill you in a greater measure. He will give you extra abilities to speak and enable you to do the tasks that He's called you to do. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. I want you to understand that that, that the Holy Spirit is in you and He's real. And it's not like He leaves you and then He comes back. He's there. But there are times where you need more. You need more to, to, to do a task that He's called you to do. Like, I like to believe that every single day that I get up here and preach that I need more of the Spirit to enable me to speak God's Word and truth and so that you hear it, so that you understand it. Okay, maybe you've had an experience in your own life where there have been times when you felt like, like God is closer to you than He was before. And you feel warm, maybe. You feel tingly or you feel just empowered. You, you get words and you get a boldness that you didn't have before. When you walked into the door, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. If you have not experienced that before, I would ask you, and I would encourage you to say, "God, let me experience that. Give me this ability to speak your word so that I can accomplish something good for you." Now I want to contrast this, because in Acts chapter, or not Acts, but in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, it says, "You should not be drunk on wine, but you should be filled with the Holy Spirit." This is not a sermon about alcohol. All right? We're not teetotalers at the Calling Community Church. If you want to have a cold beer, have a cold beer. If you want to have a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. But don't get drunk to the point where you're filled with a different kind of spirit and causes you to do something that you should not be doing. Can I get an amen? All right. And you may have an issue with alcohol. Maybe you struggle with it. We want to help you walk through that. All right? We're not going to throw you away or turn you away because that's something you struggle with. But I just know, and I've experienced this in my own life, and I've experienced this recently, that when people have a little bit too much of that kind of spirit, it enables them to speak and do things they probably should not be doing. Let me give you an example. So I know, uh, I've been to several weddings recently, two in the just past two weekends, and I just noticed that about halfway through the reception, people start having a little bit too much to drink, and people start becoming a little bit more friendly than they typically are. Okay? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not condemning, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it happens. Matter of fact, I had a, a person approach me, a person that's typically kind of cold to me, uh, but but this particular time, because you know, because they're influenced by a different kind of spirit, this person was extremely friendly to me. Oh, Brady, oh your words, that your your message, I've heard you speak before, but your message was so powerful, and she's rubbing my arm, and she's just so and I'm just saying it's a different kind of spirit. It happens, you know it happens. And I just know when I was influenced by that spirit as a young man, I ended a marriage because of it. That was part of the reason. Lust was another reason. But the Holy Spirit is wholly different than that. Like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he enables you to do good and bring glory to God. With that other spirit, I'm telling you, it's not going to bring glory to God. Okay? Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, we're not abolishing alcohol. We're not saying you can't come here if you drink alcohol. Okay? I'm just saying that if you get drunk on that and you ha- let that spirit influence you, it's going to take you down the wrong road. And this spirit, though, will take you down the right road because it will empower you. And so listen to what Peter says. This is filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, rulers of the people and elders. If we're being examined today about a good deed done on a disabled man, by what, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you, and to all of the people of Israel, but by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and God raised from the dead by him, this man is standing here before you, healthy. This Jesus, the stone rejected by builders, which has become the cornerstone, which, by the way, comes out of Psalm 118, verse 19 through 24. You'll find that passage of Scripture. Which, remember I talked about last week, like during this season, this time, in this this context, it was called the Hallel. They were praying these prayers and speaking these words. And so here's Peter at a perfect time at just the right moment. He's like, I know you guys have been praying this. I know you guys are familiar with this. Let me just tell you what it says in this passage of Scripture. It says, The stone rejected by you builders which has become the cornerstone. And then he gives this phrase, it's a powerful phrase, it's a famous verse that we've got to hinge our, our whole existence on. It says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. The Christian faith is intolerant to salvation in any other name other than Jesus like if we're going to be intolerant about anything in our Christian faith, I'm just going to tell you, I just believe Jesus is the way, he's the truth in his life, and there's no other way to, Je- or to the Father but by Jesus, and I'm going to hang my hat on that. Okay? Oh, you're narrow-minded. There's other ways to be saved. No, Jesus, there's no other name by which we must be saved. Because Exodus chapter 20, when you look at the, very, when you look at the Ten Commandments, you should have no other God before me. And there's no other name given to men that we must, by which we must be saved. It says, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated, untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Okay, real quick. Can people see in us that we've been with Jesus? Can people see in you that you have been hanging around this radical rabbi who's came in and tried a whole new way to live. Can people see in you that you've been hanging around Jesus? I think uh, Rob saw that he'd been, uh, Justin's been hanging around Jesus. He's starting to act different. He's starting to look a little bit different. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they confirmed among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so this does not spread any further. Isn't that funny? Like this message, so it shouldn't spread any further among the people. Let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I wrote off to the side of my Bible, yeah, right. It's one of those yeah, right kind of moments. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to speak about what I've seen and what I've heard. Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, well, you decide, for we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. I wrote off to the side of my Bible, amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And because of that, I cannot stop talking about it. It has changed everything about me. It has affected me deep into my core. It is at the center of who I am as a human being. His amazing grace. And guess what song we're going to sing when I'm done talking? Amazing grace, because that's what I thought about. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over which what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. After they released them, they went to their own people and reported everything that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God, All right, and then they prayed as a church. They prayed a corporate prayer, and this is what they prayed. Master, you are the one who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of your father David. Once again, the Holy Spirit didn't just come on the scene. He's been around. He's been active since the beginning of time, and he spoke through King David. In Psalm 2, it says, Why do the Gentiles rage, and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. The Holy Spirit spoke then. The Holy Spirit speaks today, and the Holy Spirit will speak tomorrow. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. Hold on, we're almost done. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. This is what they're praying. They're praying, God, give us your servants the ability to speak your word with all boldness. Let me just ask you a question. Do you wish you were a little bit more bold than your faith? Just a little bit more? Just give give me a little bit more boldness. I mean, like we're bold when it comes to other things, things that we're really passionate about. But don't you you want to be a little bit more bold when it comes to your walk with Jesus and your ability to speak? You know, you don't have to be Brady Rogers, but you can attain to be something like Brady Rogers. You know, like just a little bit more encouragement, a little bit more challenge to speak, uh, just a blessing over someone, pray over someone, whatever it is. And while you stretch out your hands for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus, it says when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now once again, they had already received the Spirit, but in this case they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. I long for that day. Maybe if a big thunderclap happened right now, that would have been awesome. You know? I want the worship team go ahead and come on up. And we'll finish up our time. Okay, here's what I want you to do. With... Your because of time with your attendance sheet that you've already pulled out and you're already filled out and you're ready to, to turn it in because you know Pastor Brady really loves that kind of thing and you just want to honor him today. All right, you've already filled that out. I want you on the back of that that prayer that uh, prayer request sheet if you've got some space there if you haven't filled it already. I want you to I'm just going to give you a preview real quick. I want you to write down what it is that you need right now what it is that you need right now. We've already spoke about the bold, and now we're getting ready to see a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be like. This, this, if, if our church, if the church started looking more like this, it would be irresistible to people that are out there in the world who instead of really, really wanting to be filled with a different kind of spirit, they would want to come and be present and be filled with His spirit. If the church started, and this is our responsibility as people, They just got through praying. The place was shaken. They spoke the word of God boldly. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind. And no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. Have you ever thought about that? You don't own anything. It doesn't belong to you. It's on loan to you. The the Lord has given it to you for a purpose and for a reason. But instead, it said, they held everything in common with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace, amazing grace, was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all of those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was um, sold, laid them at the apostles' feet. That's why we take up an offering. That's why I give people an opportunity to give. That's when... It says this was then distributed to each person as he had a need, all right? So listen, if you have a need and I don't know about your need, I can't meet your need. So I want to encourage you to let us know what it is that you need. And it may just be a, a word of encouragement, or you might need help in some form of financial or whatever it is. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus by birth, the one the apostles called Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement. Like, man, if I could pick a name, I would pick that name. Son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Maybe the day, the most valuable thing that you can give the Lord today is not money, but it's your heart. It's you, it's yourself. It's your commitment, it's your desire to to follow Him. It's your desire to experience and walk in His amazing grace today. It's your desire to be bold. It's your desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in a new path, in a new way. Maybe that's what it is that you need today. Pastor Brady will come up. Our new pastor, Justin, will be up here. And if you you have a, a, a felt need that you need prayer about right now, now's the time. This is your opportunity to come, to pray, and to experience His amazing grace. Let us worship together.